all God's craftsmanship, his handiwork. We're vessels he molds for his glory, for his work, and he is making all things new. He is redeeming all things, and he is restoring hope, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness in us. He is resurrecting our former broken and sullied lives into lives worth living, lives worthy of his name, lives transformed by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In short, we are who he says we are. You, me, us, we, we are. We are resurrection people. Well, hey there, church. I want to welcome all of you across the network to week three of our We Are series. And if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, you know we're simply taking time to dig in and to understand what it means that Jesus rose from the dead now, what, what it means today. Because it's not just about something that happened in one day in the life of one person in the past, it's really ultimately about a way of life now. And if you haven't been around for the other conversations or you're just here for the first time today, that's okay. I'm super stoked you're here because the conversation we're having today is going to bring us right alongside the other conversations, which you can check out online at our website. And for all of us, this is an opportunity to have some handholds that allow us to step fully into all God has for us in this life today. Now, part of our conversation last week, we talked about a subject. We talked about a concept, the concept that we are Easter people living in a Good Friday world. Now, that's a deep statement that's just layered with all kinds of dynamics. And it really speaks to an intriguing dynamic of tension between beauty and brokenness, between tragedy and, and hope. But before we go further in the conversation, I want to make sure that there's no lack of clarity in understanding what we mean when we say we are Easter people living in a Good Friday world. Because when we say that, we can come up with lots of different images in our headspace. And I want to make sure we know what it means when we put Easter in tension with Good Friday. Because I think for some people, just for some of you, you might be thinking when we say that of an image like this. Rabbits kitted out in tactical gear, ready to take on the world. Easter intersecting with Good Friday. That is, listen, that may be humorous and relatable, but I'm going to tell you, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we mean when we say Easter people living in a Good Friday world. For others of you, you may be thinking of images like this involving children who are just crying, screaming, running from the realities of Easter. Easter intersecting with Good Friday. This is not what we're talking about. When we say we are Easter people in a Good Friday world, we're not talking about that. We're actually talking about the fact that we are people marked by light and life in a world marked by darkness and death. That we are resurrection people. We are people of the resurrection who have immediate access to hope in hardship. Who can find and have joy in sorrow, purpose in pain. We know we live in a world marked by Good Friday realities, loss, brokenness, sickness, illness. We know it, we, we sense it, we see it, we feel it. But because Jesus rose, because he is alive, whatever we face, we can have hope. 
We can see Easter realities brought to bear in Good Friday dynamics. Because he is alive, because he rose. As one of the members of our church family kind of reframed it, they said, though we live in a, a Good Friday world, we are Easter people. And so we're trying to figure out and understand how we live into that, how we fully step into that dynamic and, and live that way. And one of the ways that we do that, how, how we can live in that dynamic is understanding the, the present reality. For, for a number of weeks, we've been just acknowledging and identifying that there, are, there is the reality of what's in the past and the reality of what's in the future, what was and what will be. That is the deal. And we live in the now. We live in the present and that can be a very difficult space to live and, and, and function when we don't understand how they connect together and how Jesus as a risen Lord intersects with that. Because he isn't just someone who came before and coming again. He actually is now. As a risen, resurrected Lord, he is. And because he is, we are. And then when, when we don't understand that Jesus didn't just, isn't someone who was and will be alone, but he actually is now, everything changes in our dynamic. Easter realities are now in our Good Friday world dynamics. When we step fully in. Because Jesus rose, we can. We can rise from great pain. We can rise from great hardship. Rise from great loss. Because he is, we are, we can. And we're seeking to understand how to do that fully. How to live into that fully. And one of the people that have been helping us do that, his name is James. He's actually the brother of Jesus, little brother of Jesus. And, and James is really a reliable source of information when it comes to things on Jesus. So we're going to head back to something he wrote. If you have a Bible, you can turn to James chapter 4. It's also in the note guide available, but it'll be up here on the screen. James gives us an ability to understand how we live in Easter realities. How, how we live in power and love and light and life even in a world marked by Good Friday dynamics. Because we know in this world there are things that are not certain. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. We don't know the things that we're going to intersect today are good or bad, up or down. There's an uncertainty to it. But as Easter people, we can still live in joy and hope and peace, even in the midst of that, when we understand how it all works. So this is going back to James. This is James chapter 4. And it's James speaking to how we live in the reality. How to, what Jesus provides now based on what he did then, that first Easter. Let's take a look at this. This is James 4, starting at verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. There's some truth to the reality of what he's saying. We don't know what happens tomorrow. We don't know if it's going to be good or bad. And the reality is what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, up or down, is really shaped or defined by where we place our trust, where we place our dependence. So he goes on to say, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So let me just hold there for a second because it, it, it may seem harsh, maybe even disparaging, kind of wah, wah, the way he's talking right now. But... James isn't trying to discourage us. He's trying to encourage us. He's trying to get us to shift our focus to live in Easter realities, not just Good Friday dynamics. So as people of resur resurrection, we can live in the fullness of life. Look what he goes on to say, verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If we're going to live a full life, we're going to live the life that Jesus came to give us, an abundant life, it's ultimately about who gets to lead, who is leading in our life. 
Verse 16, as it, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. See, being Easter people in a Good Friday dynamic is really about who gets to lead. Who's in charge? Who's calling the shots in our life of what we do, when we do it, and how we do it? The question is, is it us or is it God? Is it others or is it Jesus? If we say it's Jesus because he is someone who not just was and will be but actually is, then how he looks at life matters. And he looks at life and defines life very differently. The way he does math on what's a success and not in life is very different than the world. He says things like, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He says it's more blessed to give than receive. See, Jesus speaks out of a different dynamic than the, than the world. He speaks out of a dynamic or perspective of kingdom, of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom as it should have been all along. And, and here's the reality when it comes to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a paradigm of profit and loss. It's not a paradigm of get all we can about achieving or, or striving. It's not about get and take. It's not about profit and loss, but forfeit and gain. It's, it's forfeit and gain. It's about giving and receiving. It's about letting go in order to lay hold. It's about sacrificing in order to experience and encounter more in this life. That's the kingdom dynamic. The kingdom of God is not about profit and loss, but forfeit and gain. There's a huge difference between profit and loss and forfeit and gain. Moms, you guys do this all the time. You've done it through the pregnancy journey. You do it through the child-rearing process. You forfeit all the time for the gain of others. And we are truly thankful. Not only for what it means for us, but because it reflects the heart of God. It reflects the kingdom of God. A kingdom is not based on profit loss, but on forfeit and gain. And the invitation to live as Easter people... Catch this, that our ability to live as Easter people depends on our willingness to live with a perspective of forfeit and gain, not profit and loss. The ability to step fully into that matters. It's, it's one of the reasons why James in verse 17 of what we just read, he says, if any one of you then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. That's a forfeit gain dynamic he's talking about. See, a, a relationship with God means he gets to be in charge. If we're going to have a relationship with God, he calls the shots. And we get to forfeit, yet we also get to gain. We forfeit things like control and our preferences. We, we forfeit things, sometimes even dreams and hopes, aspirations. We, we forfeit things like our agenda and our plan in order to lay hold of his agenda and plan. We forfeit to gain. To gain hope, to gain life, to gain forgiveness, to all even gain power and purpose to live in this Good Friday world. It, to gain more than we can even ask or imagine. He's God, we're not. So he should be in charge in the dynamics of our life. And whenever we do what he says, whenever we forfeit anything for him and his purpose, we gain. We gain now and we gain next. There's a ripple and it's an eternal ripple. You know, one of the unique things about the Easter people, Good Friday dynamic tension is simply that the pain and hardship of Good Friday is and was an essential part of getting to the hope of Easter. The Good Friday dynamics are an essential part of getting to the Easter dynamic. See, Jesus had to die for our sins, mine and yours, in order for us 
to be given life. In order for him to conquer sin and death, he had to die. In order for us to be forgiven and, and to experience life and life to the full, abundant life, Jesus had to die. We can have life now that is full and abundant because of what he did. Now that full and abundant life can kind of feel like it's out there, kind of almost a bridge too far for us to get to because we're in the now and we see what was and we, we see what, what, the hope of what will be, but we're in the now. And that can seem like a bridge too far to live in the power of a risen Lord now. But listen, the good news is we don't do that alone. We don't do it even in our own power. Jesus and the people he hung out with spoke repeatedly about us having power to live that way, about us being given a spirit that allows us. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So the people who walked with Jesus or were taught by him gave clarity. Say, look, to live that life, we're given power to do it. There's several verses that help us know this. Romans 8, 11, we looked at it last week. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This is how we live as Easter people in a Good Friday dynamic. Even Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, all the way to the ends of the earth. We're empowered to go. And when we get to 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That's great. It's clear because we've all faced fear. We've all faced fear of the unknown. We face the fear of loss. The fear of illness, the, the fear of things that are beyond our control, each and every one of us have encountered spaces of fear. But being Easter people, being people of the resurrection, position us to rise above those things, or at least rise through them or from them. That's what it means to be Easter people in a Good Friday dynamic. Look, I, I want to take this verse and I want to overlay it, put it on top of a real life example. The example of a life marked by Good Friday dynamics of, of tragedy, of loss, of sorrow, but also marked by Easter realities, power and love and self-control. It's the story of actually one of our own heritage family members. His, his name is Tony. And I invite you to sit back and listen to Tony's resurrection story. Martin is a loving kid. I'm just thankful that I was able to be a father to him. I love him, man. I, I had a missed call, a missed call from him. And I said, hey, son, I texted him. I said, hey, son, you okay? I never got a response from him. Um, and, and, and a few, a few hours later, uh, I looked out, I was upstairs, I looked out my window, and I saw uh, two police cars uh, outside. And, uh, and they came, I, I watched them walk to my door, and the police officer asked me, so are you uh, Marty's dad? Um, and I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh... So he told me that uh, he was gone. 
Yeah, he said that the uh, the person just his life was did it on purpose. That I had just had lunch with my son uh, the day the day before. In less than 24 hours, he's, he's gone. I, I just fell to my wall and just in disbelief, you know, and I cried and I cried and I cried and cried because I had to call. I had to call his mother. I had to call my son. He lived right in town and didn't know. And my daughter. So it's hard. The 911 call was that, and it said that he saw this big black, tall black man in the middle of the road. He was going to floor it. Basically, he said he was going to run him over. His car was. 15 more feet away from my son. It wasn't like he couldn't go around him or turn around. He decided he wanted to go over him. And that's exactly what he did. jury found him guilty. The judge decided we want to give him three years probation. That's what we walked away with. We are Easter people who live in Good Friday dynamics. And we're going to come back to Tony's story in a few moments. But I find it almost incomprehensible to, to wrap my mind around the dynamics that Tony was describing, both personally and the, the journey around it, the lack of resolution. It, it's hard, as he said. We as Easter people face the reality of Good Friday dynamics, and, and it, it's difficult. Yet we are Easter people. We are people who rise. We are people who serve a risen Lord, and that changes everything. Yet I'm going to tell you, the decisions we make in the midst of the Good Friday dynamics matter. How we choose to respond to the Good Friday dynamics has a ripple in our lives. We all know pain. We've all experienced loss, different levels and different seasons. But our choices in the spaces of Good Friday dynamics matters. And sometimes we can think that our pain justifies a desperate response. Sometimes the loss allows us to act a certain way that we wouldn't normally act, to do things we wouldn't normally do. We get into a profit-loss dynamic and we think we're owed something. But hear me, as it's been said before, just because our pain is understandable, it doesn't mean our behavior is acceptable. Just because the pain we encounter is understandable doesn't mean any and every behavior is acceptable. In our pain, in our loss, in Good Friday dynamics, things we don't necessarily understand what will be, we can seek payback. We can seek revenge. We can seek to set aside our principles in that dynamic. The injustice of the Good Friday stuff 
can cause us to struggle to do what's right and then to seek to justify it by our pain. But my friends, just because our pain is understandable, it doesn't make our behavior acceptable. Understandable pain does not excuse unacceptable behavior. Even when it hurts, even if it hurts. And, and to know what we ought to do, to forgive, to show grace, to show mercy, to love. If we don't do it, that's sin. Even if there's pain along with it. Because pain is, pain is never an excuse for poor behavior in any Good Friday dynamic. There's lots of things that I love and respect about our brother Tony. But one of the most significant is his choice to embrace forfeit rather than profit and loss. Not to play in profit and loss even amidst such hardship. He recognized that the choices that he would make in a Good Friday dynamic actually mattered. And his choices positioned him to live out the words of James, that little brother of Jesus, when he began to write the book that bears his name. Here's what he said. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whenever you face Good Friday realities, consider it joy. That, that's Easter Good Friday intersecting. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. My friends, that's, that's powerful truth. See, whatever we face, God knows and sees. In any hardship reality, there is always an opportunity to move into Easter dynamics. No matter how unpleasant it is, it's always honored. God knows and he sees. It is, it is never wrong to do the next right thing. And whatever you're facing today, he sees you. He knows he's got a purpose and a plan. And the truth about our God, as theologian Oswald Chambers said, if he put you there, he is amply sufficient. If God put you there, he is more than able Whatever you sit in today, our God is more than able. If we let him work and move in our lives, if God put you there, he is sufficient. And being Easter people is ultimately not about our sufficiency, but his. His power at work in us. See, when you and I live in this world, we encounter all kinds of things. Things out of the past and things that are still yet to come. There is this was and will be past and future dynamic and we can find ourselves kind of pushing and holding between the things that have happened, the past, the, the things we regret, the things we wish were different, the stuff that's broken, the things that we had, wish we had do-overs over, and the things that we wish would be. And we can find ourselves feeling inadequate, insecure, and unworthy over what has happened. At the same time, inadequate, unworthy, and insecure about what will happen. And that's a tough place to live. It's a tough way to live. But when you and I actually make the decision to build our life on the foundation of Jesus, Jesus, the one who was and is and is to come, well, now we're no longer holding and trying to pull between what was and will be. Everything changes because he gives us Freedom. He actually gives us also access to God. And not just access, it's power. We're, we're given power and love and self-control by Holy Spirit 
poured into us through a relationship with Jesus. This changes everything. So we go from trying to hold it all together to forfeiting and gaining. We go from, from kind of like holding to actually reaching, where we reach to receive what can be from a God who loves, who imparts power to live in this life. Even if what we're experiencing is great grief and pain. It's about his sufficiency, and it starts here. If we don't have Jesus as our foundation, we cannot reach God. We cannot intersect in relationship with him, and we cannot experience his power. But when we ask Jesus to be Savior and Lord, when we come alongside and say, here I am, I forfeit all that I am for all that you are, then we receive access to God, we receive the power that he promises, and we have power, love, and self-control to manage what was and is and will be. It's, it's his sacrifice, it's his name, it's his power, it's his sufficiency. And if you're ready and knowing you need a relationship with God, in your note guide, there's some information for how to start this relationship. I encourage you to do that today if you've never done it. And whether you do it now or you've done it before, we all have faced dynamics in this world where we feel inadequate. Where we get to the point where we just feel overwhelmed, exhausted, simply spent. In the now dynamic, we just feel like I have nothing left to give. We can feel discouraged. We can, we can feel despairing, even just kind of dead inside. But listen, because Jesus rose, so can we. In the power and authority and name of Jesus, we can rise and we can overcome in any Good Friday dynamic. Whatever you're facing in pain or hardship or loss or setback in any dynamic... You can prevail. Holy Spirit gives power and love and ability to do so. You can overcome. Holy Spirit also gives things like this. In Galatians 5, it tells us there's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that the Holy Spirit imparts to us now to navigate what was and is and is to come. It's available to us as people of the resurrection. These are the things that position us to prevail, to rise, to overcome in any dynamic. So with these realities in mind, I want to go back to the story of Tony. Tony's story, his resurrection story to see how Easter Good Friday dynamics play out in the rest of the journey. Take a look. There were some dark times in that, time, in that space uh, for me as a, as a, as a person. Yeah, I look back at uh, where I could have been, where I could have gone, um, and where God actually brought me out of that, you know, um, hatred, anger, looking back at all that, right, where, where I was, where I could have been, to where I'm at now. Man, I can't say anything but give God all the glory for that. I think he, it, it definitely surrounded me with a lot of friends that was there for me through them circumstances just to be there, just to get, just offer love and, and a helping hand uh, to encourage me. Um, that's a, that meant the world to me, to, to, to surround myself with a foundation of Christian brothers and sisters uh, to help me through those tough times. It's not easy to forgive someone uh, at that caliber when you, your son is gone and just uh, come to a place of forgiveness. 
I have to know what God means, what that means to God is to forgive. Um, I believe that in my heart that I've totally, totally forgiven that person. And if I were to sin today, we have a conversation, a conversation about God. That's where I, that's what I believe in my heart. I believe that that man has a soul. And I believe God can use that man for his purpose and his glory. And there's always hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, lean into Jesus and, and surrounding yourself with the right people that's going to help you grow. We need that. My name is Tony East, and this is my resurrection story. Man, I love that, dude. Good Friday pain, Good Friday hardships aren't the destination. They're always the passageway, though, to more, to places of forgiveness and hope. Places of healing. Places where the power of the resurrection is manifested in us and through us. The ability to be willing to have a conversation, a grace-filled conversation with the man who killed your son is resurrection power. That's being an Easter person in a Good Friday world. And that's available to all of us through relationship with God, through Jesus Christ. Whenever we step in relationship, we live in the now, empowered, the harshness of Good Friday realities are still very real. But so are the realities of Easter, the hope of Easter in the midst of all of that. It's one of the reasons that James, in chapter 2, just in verse 13, he says this, mercy triumphs over judgment. If you've got a Bible with you or in your notebook, I just highlight that, underline it, check mark it, do whatever you want. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy prevails. Mercy overcomes. Mercy wins. We see this in Tony's story. Grace and forgiveness and mercy. Gentleness, self-control. All of that leading Tony to what can be. Because one of the fundamental realities about being Easter people in a Good Friday world has to do with our willingness to embrace what is. We see this in Tony's story. Our willingness to embrace what is, whether it's painful or pleasant, whether it's right or wrong, our ability, our willingness to embrace what is leads us to experience what can be. The, the, to say, I embrace what is, allows us to experience ultimately what can be. We, we get stuck in our pain, in our loss, in our hardship when we don't embrace what is, or embrace who he is, that he is. Not just was and will be, but that he is. But whenever we embrace what is, it allows us, and we embrace who he is, it allows us to experience what can be. A, a resurrection reality. Something that once was dead, now brought to life. You can't resurrect what's not been dead. But because Jesus rose, we, like Tony, can experience what can be. Resurrection realities, Easter realities in our life today. As we lean into understanding that Good Friday starts in death, but it leads to life. 
And when we're willing to embrace the reality of what is, that allows us to experience what can be. To the depth and extent that you're willing to embrace the pain of your journey is the depth and extent to which you will journey through it or from it. Our willingness to embrace what is leads us to experience what can be. So what? What do we do with the realities of being resurrection people in this Good Friday dynamic? You know, there was a conversation that Jesus had with a woman who faced the realities of a Good Friday dynamic. She was facing the reality of the death of her brother. And she had some questions, she had some needs, and she was asking Jesus to kind of respond in that space. And, And what Jesus does in that space is he actually, rather than giving her what she wanted first, he gave her what she needed first. And he says something that is important even for us today in our own journey. Here's what it says out of the book of John chapter 11. Words of Jesus, I am the rising again. I am the rising again and the life. He was believing in me even if he may die shall live. In a moment where this woman named Martha faced the reality of the death of her brother Lazarus, she had questions and things she wanted and needed. And Jesus shows up in that space, and rather than giving her the answers she wanted, he first gave her the answers she needed. And that was himself. And many times when you and I face Good Friday dynamics, we face loss, we have questions, we want to know why, we want to know what, but the first answer Jesus wants to give is himself as the one who is, as the one who is the rising. And then he gives the answers, and on that day talking to Martha, he raised her brother from the dead, only after he gave himself as the answer. And in your dynamic today, he may be wanting to do that for you as well. Because Jesus rose, resurrection is possible no matter what you and I face today. So the question I have for all of us is this, where do you need to rise in the power of the resurrection? Where do you need to rise in the power of the resurrection? Where do you need to step out and forfeit ultimately to gain? Even where your pain has been understandable and unbearable, where do you need to step in trust and faith? In a world marked by sadness and and pain and disappointment, in a world where maybe you have lost dreams and hopes, preferences, desires, even health and strength, even a loved one. You may have experienced those things, yet we can rise in the name and power and authority of Jesus. Where do you need to rise in resurrection power? Where do you need to step into a posture of overcoming? See, whatever you're facing today, whether it's the the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, you're struggling with something spiritually, you're battling illness or disease, maybe you're dealing with sorrow around your children as a parent or grandparent. It's their choices, their pain, their struggles that are just pulling you down in those Good Friday dynamics. Listen, whatever you face today, you can rise in the power and the name and authority of Jesus. Because he rose, you can. You can experience the fullness of life. But listen, he will never force you to forfeit. But he waits and he's ready. And the moment we offer to him what we are, the moment we offer those Good Friday dynamics, he moves in power and might. He knows, he sees, he is able. So rise in authority and power and name of Jesus. Where do you need to rise in his power today? 
as you process your answer to that, I want to I wanna leave you with the words of the Lord out of Psalm 91. As you're just looking to process where you need to step next in light of who he is in order to rise. This is what God says. Because he holds fast to me in love. Because she holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will deliver her. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and Good Friday dynamics. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. And I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I will show him my resurrection power. I will show her my resurrection power. My friends, this place is a place of great sadness and pain and disappointment. Yet we rise in the name and the power and authority of Jesus as resurrection people, people who are living our own resurrection stories each and every day when we live in his power, a people who because of a God who loves and a son who is willing to pay a debt that we couldn't pay and a Holy Spirit who pours out love and power and self-control, we can rise. Where do you need to rise? In the power of the resurrection today. Marked by the one whose authority and name bring freedom and life and healing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you loved us enough to send Jesus. <laughs> I thank you that Jesus loved us enough to die and rise again. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit pours out power and love and self-control. I pray that in these next few moments, you would show each one of us where we need to live in resurrection power, in some relationship, in a brokenness, uh, in our own hearts, in, in a pain or sorrow from the past, where you want to lead us into freedom. May we do it. May we step fully into the power of a risen Lord, not one who was and will be, but one who is and is to come. So Jesus, I ask that you would speak and move and lead us. Thank you for your love. You are a strong God and we worship you and we seek your face. May we live fully in your power. One, who, as people who are able because you are able. Well, people who rise because you rose. We pray this in your strong and mighty name and everybody said, amen.